Good morning. We miss Pastor and Janie, don't we? But the Spirit of the Lord is here. Amen? And that's what we're going to be continuing on uh, this series of the Holy Spirit uh, that Pastor has been speaking to us on, which I think is very important that we understand that the Holy Spirit is not only with us, but He is with in us. You see what it says up here? The Holy Spirit within you. Let, let's say this together. Say it with me. The Holy, Spirit the Holy Spirit is within me. The Holy Spirit is within me. He's not just with you. Very different. He is within us. Thank God. So this morning we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit as our comforter. And in the word, John 14, 16, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. When Jesus was here, he was their comforter. But he left, he said, I'm sending another comforter, the Holy Spirit, that will not only be with you, he will be within you. Now, when you think of comfort, what comes to mind? Do you think of maybe a sauna or a hot tub? Or maybe in uh, days like this, you think of a nice cold water pool in 90-degree weather. Boy, that's what I think of. Have mercy. Do you maybe think of crawling in bed and pulling up the covers with your favorite pillow? Maybe you think of mac and cheese comfort food. Comfort, man, that's what it's all about. But comforter, the definition is, is this. One who soothes in a time of pain or grief... One who eases pain or sorrow, brings relief, consoles, and encourages. Now, I think we have a misnomer when we come to Christ and become a Christ follower. We think, well, now I can live a life of ease. Well, if that was the truth, why would Jesus say, I'm sending you a comforter? It's because being a Christ follower or not, life is still going to be life. We're going to have to deal with situations and things that life brings our way. But the beauty of being a Christ follower is the spirit, the comforter, the encourager, the strength is within us to help us walk through those things to be strong on the other side. Now, I want you to think with me for a minute. Back when, when you read in the Word, Jesus rose from the dead he was here for a short time on earth, and then he was leaving to go back to heaven to be with his father. I want you to think, what would it be like if Jesus did not send the Comforter, if he did not send the Holy Spirit, if he never said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit that's going to be within you? What if he had never said that? Basically... Jesus would have told his disciples and those with him, listen, guys, it's been good. I'm going to heaven now. Only advice I can give you is good luck because you're going to need it. But he didn't say that. He said, it's good that I'm going away because there is the spirit that's going to be within you, that's going to give you comfort, that's going to strengthen you. It's going to be a good thing. He will help you. He will be your helper and your guide and your strength and your comfort and your guide. Amen. So this morning, I want us to look at what would it be like 
if the Holy Spirit was never promised, if the Holy Spirit was never sent. We're going to look at the role of the Holy Spirit since Jesus left and all the things that have been done for us by the Spirit. What would it be like if the Spirit was never sent? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Spirit, your presence within us, that constant reminder, that constant help. We thank you, Father. And Lord, we bless our pastor and Janie this morning. Be with them, bring them home safely. And thank you for being with us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, without the Holy Spirit, there would be no Bible. There would be no Word of God. This book that we count as our rule of living, this book that gives us instruction where we can read of lives of individuals that have made good decisions and bad decisions, this book that gives us encouragement, it would not be. It would not be in place. So let's look at a couple of scriptures of what the scripture says about the scripture. And it says here in 2 Timothy 3, 16, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. 2 Peter 1.21 Because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So we understand that the words in this book are Spirit-inspired They're not just words on a page or some history book. They are spirit-inspired. Charles Spurgeon, one of, if not the greatest preacher in the past 200 years, said this. Now listen. Nobody ever outgrows Scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. Now I've been in this a long time. And I've read that book from cover to cover multiple times. But every time, I open this book and I read something new, something fresh, something relevant is brought out by it because it is spirit-inspired speaking to my spirit. That's what makes the difference. The church that Tammy and I came from years ago in Charlotte, there was a man, he was South Korean, but he became a self-made missionary, he would go into North Korea. We've heard a lot about North Korea the past few years. And he would go into North Korea as an English teacher would be his open door to go into that country. But he had a group of people that he was pastoring there. And he would go and spend time there and come back and be with his family in Charlotte and quite a few times went back and forth. But I remember one time he came back and he had made a video And they were downstairs underneath the ground of this restaurant that was owned by one of the people in in his uh, group. And they were singing very lightly, worshiping God in their language. And then he was preaching to them very lightly because they didn't want to get caught because it was illegal. And he said they had uh, some copies of the Bible in their language and they would tear off pages and they would pass them around to each other because if you were found with the Bible, that was illegal. And he said, those pages, they revered those pages. 
They read them over and over and over and over. And then they'd pass them and they'd get another, another page and they'd read it over and over. It was so dear and so precious to them. And then I think about us in America. Many of us have multiple translations in book form, digital form, whatever. It sits up on the shelf. I'll read it when I get to it, whatever. You know, it's there when I, when I want it or when I need it. But in reality, this book is our rule for living. This book is our roadmap that helps us to understand the road ahead. I used to sing with a guy years ago, George Hamilton IV. His father's George Hamilton V, which is sang on the Grand Ole Opry multiple times, well-known in England especially. But uh, his father, uh, George Hamilton V, sang a song called, My Musing My Bible as a Roadmap. I thought, how fitting that is. Because this Bible really gives us everything we need to know for living. Especially with the Spirit guiding and leading us. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. A lamp for my feet and a light on my path. When I don't know where to go, your word brings light so I can see. Here at church, we have Cleansing Stream Ministries. And uh, whenever we offer it again, I encourage you to take it. It'll definitely help you in life. But Jack Hayford, which is the uh, founder of Cleansing Stream Ministries, says this, never let the light go out until the light goes in. In other words, don't turn the light out at the end of the day without allowing the light of the Word to come into your spirit and help you. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no preaching. There would be no preaching. Now, true preaching, anointed preaching, is just spirit-revealed proclamation. Now, anyone can get up and speak. I know some people, some friends, they love to talk. I mean, man alive. You get them on the phone, you can walk away, and they're, they're still talking when you come back. Wow. And listen, some people have an oratory gift to speak. I think about President Obama. He had that aura about him where he just drew you in. He just got your attention. He had a gift, an oratory gift. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about spirit-revealed proclamation where the Spirit is speaking through an individual to reach deep and burn within you to cause you to be more of a Christ follower. Ephesians 3.5 says this, This was not made known to people in other generations as it is now revealed to His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Now, I grew up in a mainline denominational church. And I won't say the name of it. I'm sure there are good Bible-based uh, churches in that denomination. But the particular church that me and my mom and my sister went to was dead as a doornail. Just be honest with you. Dead as a doornail. If it wasn't on the bulletin, man, it didn't happen. And I remember my dad didn't go to church. And he was, uh, I was just a little fella. And we were going to the beach one Sunday morning, and he was listening to some preacher on the radio from Sunnyside Baptist Church, somewhere between here and Myrtle Beach. 
And the preacher on the radio was given the plan of salvation. My dad told me, I was a little fella, I didn't, didn't really realize what was going on. He reached over to mom's hand and grabbed her hand and said, I think this is for me. And his life changed that moment because of the spirit-revealed proclamation that enlightened him and he became a Christ follower. Well, when he got back, he went to the pastor of the church that we were attending and wanted to meet with him. And he met with him and said, Pastor, Pastor, I got saved. And the pastor said, from what? And dad went and explained everything that had happened to him. And the pastor just kind of patted him on the back and said, well, you'll get over it. Well, we didn't, we didn't go there very much longer. But another story about that church, the most exciting thing that I can remember as a little fellow going to that church, the most exciting thing that I can remember about going there is, I guess you would call me an altar boy. There was a few Sundays where I'd put on this white robe. I was about seven or eight years old. I don't remember. And I had this pole, and there was a flame at the end of it. And I'd walk down between the group of people, and I would light the two candles and then walk back. And then at the end of the service, you spin it around. It's got a little cup, and you walk up, and you put out both candles. That was my job. That was my ministry at the time. So... One Sunday morning, I went up and I lit both the candles, and I'm about halfway back, and some guy looks at me and says, psst, psst. And I look and said, one of the candles went out. Man, I jumped around in panic. They were both still lit. And I turn around, and he's just sitting there laughing at me. That's the most exciting thing I can remember about going there. Isn't that pitiful? <laughs> but that's the truth. Also, with spirit-led preaching, the church was founded. Daily, they were added, not because of some great orator, but because the Spirit of the Lord was speaking to the individual. Ephesians 2.20, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Leonard Ravenhill, he was, uh, back in the uh, 1900s, he was very focused on revival and did a lot of history on revival and, and really teaching on revival. And uh, he says this, a popular evangelist reaches your emotions. A true prophet reaches your conscience. Spirit-proclaimed preaching will reach down to the depths of who you are and cause you to change. Also, without the Holy Spirit, there would be no preacher. There would be no one in place to proclaim the Word of God. Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah is, is passionate. He, he says, if I say I won't mention him or speak any longer in his name, his message becomes a fire burning in my heart, shut up in my bones. I become tired of holding it in. I cannot prevail. He was being bombarded from every side, but he said, I can't keep silent. This is burning within me, and if I don't, Proclaim it, I'm going to explode. John Wesley, 
founder of the Methodist movement. Back in the 1700s, he was instrumental in leading revival in the Church of England. Listen to the passion of this man. This is what he said. Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen. They alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth. Wow. Passion. Passion. Listen to Paul, 1 Corinthians 9, 16. For if I preach the gospel, I have no reason to boast because an obligation is placed on me. And woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. He understood that was not just a task. That was an obligation he had to fulfill. Now, thank God we have a pastor here, Pastor Mark, who is passionate not just about an oratory a beautiful little sermonette. The man, I work with him. I know his heart. He is passionate for you, for your growth. He is passionate outside these walls. He doesn't just speak it. He does it. Thank God we have a man in place who leads us well by the anointing of the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Yes. Never take that for granted. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no understanding. There would be no understanding, John 14, 26. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Back when I lived in Charlotte, I worked at Duke Power for a number of years. And I had a guy that I worked with, and I would talk to him about the Lord. And I remember him telling me, he said, Brian, I, I've opened up the Bible a few times. I didn't understand anything in it. I didn't understand one word that was written in it. It just it didn't make any sense. And I remember thinking, I don't understand that. I mean, there are difficult passages in there. There's some things that I may not understand, but for the most part, it makes sense. And that really bothered me for a long time. And then I came to understand because I am a Christ follower and the Spirit of the Lord lives within me. He enlightens me and gives me understanding whereas my friend was not a Christ follower. Therefore, the Spirit was not in him. So it was totally foreign to him. Thank God for the Spirit of the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him in all your ways, and he will guide you on the right paths. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I am a huge blues guitar fan. Man, you put on some Stevie Ray Vaughan. You put on some Gary Moore. You put on some... Joe Bonamassa, which I went and saw a couple years ago. <clears throat> have mercy. You'll see me going after it, man. I'm just telling you, have mercy. That is just me. I love it. Well, there is a blues master who recorded in the 50s and 60s by the name of Jimmy Reed. Now, Jimmy Reed recorded on the 45 RPM vinyl records. Do you know what I'm talking about? Kind of making a little bit of a comeback today, but that was the technology at the time.
That's what it recorded at in the 50s and 60s. And it said that Jimmy got so much into the rhythm, so much playing those riffs, just so much into the beat of the music, just so caught up in it, he couldn't remember the words to his own songs. So when you listen to some of his recordings, you can hear ever so softly a woman's voice speaking the words to the next verse. What he did, he had his wife, Mary Reed, known as Mama Reed. She came in, she sat with him during the recording session, and she would whisper the words coming up to the next song so that he would know what they were. That's the way the Holy Spirit does for us. He whispers truth so that we can see the way that we should go. That's his purpose for us today. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 and 13 says this. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the Lord, but the Spirit who comes from God so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no power. No power. I'm not talking about political power, one person over another. I'm talking about authority. Without the Spirit of the Lord, there would be no power. Charles Spurgeon again said this, It is better to speak six words in the power of the Holy Ghost than to preach 70 years of sermons without the Spirit. Again, you can sit and listen to someone who's a great orator and walk away with nothing. And you can sit and listen to someone in a conversation that is spirit-led for you, and it can change your destiny. That's what the Spirit of the Lord does. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, the Greek word there for power is dunamis and is used 120 times in the New Testament. It's where we get dynamite, dynamo, dynamic, the English words from. Power. Now, do we have any NASCAR fans in the house today? All right. Kind of <laughs> hit or miss there. That's okay. But if you're a NASCAR fan, you know the term drafting. You know the term drafting. And the definition of that is in an automobile race to drive close behind another car so as to benefit from the reduction in air pressure created in its wake. Now, when you correlate that to life in the Spirit, as we draw close to God, we get enshrouded in him and that and the spirit of the lord can minister to us and strengthen to us and you know the word says you are my hiding place in you i take refuge as close we get closer to god and the spirit of the lord begins begins feeding us and begins nurturing us and we grow and we grow because we've enveloped ourselves within him it's critical that we understand that and we do that again charles spurgeon said this without the spirit of god we can do nothing We are as ships without wind. We are useless. We need the Spirit of the Lord. 
And without the Spirit of the Lord, there would be no conviction or conversion. Conviction or conversion. I think it's really critical that we understand this point. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is critical. The Spirit of the Lord will bring conviction. The enemy will bring condemnation. Now, we learn this in cleansing stream. The Spirit of the Lord will convict you. You do something maybe, you know, that you shouldn't have done, and the Spirit of the Lord will say, let's not do that again. That's not really a good choice for you. That's not, that's not what a Christ follower should do. Let's, let's make other choices than that. That's not healthy for you. The enemy, making that same bad choice, will say, wow, you call yourself a Christ follower. God can't love you. You are worthless. You haven't changed a bit. What are you thinking? You need just to give this thing up. You see, the Spirit of the Lord will convict you in order to bring you to repentance to cause you to grow, but the enemy will condemn you to bring you down to cause you to give up. Be careful the voice you listen to. The Spirit of the Lord will always lift you up. The enemy will always bring you down. John 3, 3, Jesus replied, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 6, 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, last time I had an opportunity to speak, a few months ago, a uh, pastor was on a series of Jonah, if you'll remember, those of you that were here. And I told you a story about me being on the water, a 12-hour trip down into the Gulf Stream from Merle's Inlet, and I was seasick. Everybody on the boat was seasick for 11 and a half hours. Not a good day. And you know, I came to think, I've got a lot of those stories about me being out on the water. What's up with that? I love the water, but I guess the water doesn't love me. So I'm going to tell you another story about me being out on the water, which fits with our discussion this morning. And this is years ago. It was the first boat that Tammy and I had ever bought. When we bought it, it was an old boat. It was a 1965 Glassmaster with a 60-horsepower uh, 60 Evinrude outboard on the back. So excited. Man, I was so excited. And I'd been around boats growing up. My uncles had boats, and they'd let me drive them, you know, when I was little. But I'd never owned a boat or done any kind of the mechanics on a boat. Didn't have a clue. But, man, I went out on the water. Tammy and I went out on the water that first day. It was a disaster. <laughs> Won't go there. I'm going to the next day. Tammy had to go to work, so I was off. So I thought, I'm going out, man. So I went out, lived in Charlotte, went out on the Catawba River, Got the boat out in the water. Man, I'm flying. Got it full bore. Man, I'm flying down the water. Nice sunny day. Wind blowing. Just wonderful. Wonderful. About 40 miles an hour, I'm going, and I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just going, man. I was in that new mode of owning a boat. You know, they say about a boat, the best time to own a boat is the day you buy and the day you sell it. Well, I was in the just bought stage. So I was still in the honeymoon with this boat. So I'm flying down the water. Don't know where I'm going. I go around a bend, and when I come around the bend, I look, and way on up ahead of me, I see an island, small island. And then I see some water. Of course, it's an island. And then I see the shore. And I'm thinking, I can go around, all the way around that island, or I can go right between the island and the shore. 
That makes more sense. It's just a straight shot. All the time, wah, going full bore. So I get up, and I'm about maybe, you know, just 100 feet, whatever, and I look, and I see that water is really shallow. And I notice someone has cut down trees, and they left stumps about an inch under the water. I'm thinking, that's probably not good. Still going. So instead of pulling back and just going into neutral, which I didn't do, I just kind of closed my eyes and hoped for the best. Well, I went straight through that thing, and boom, I heard something hit so hard, and all of a sudden, the motor started whining, and I kind of drifted to a stop, and first thing I did is, am I sinking? Is there water in the boat? Did I hit something? I hit something all right, but it wasn't leaking. What I did is the propeller hit a shear pin, which protects the engine. So I was going back and forth trying to get the thing going. It was running fine. It just wasn't turning the propeller. So I kind of came to a stop, and I'm thinking, oh, great. So I look, what am I going to do? So I look around, I find an oar. So I pull out the oar and I start rowing. And it's not a big boat. It's like 15, 17 feet long. So I'm rowing and you go on one side and you go on the other. And I'm just working myself to death. And I'm not going anywhere. The wind's working against me. I'm wanting to go that way, but the wind's blowing me this way. So I'm going further into this cove. So I finally quit. I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do? So I stopped and I started looking around and there was nothing but me and the boat and water and trees everywhere I looked. There weren't any people. There, weren't, there wasn't any houses. There weren't any piers. It was nothing. Just a forest, the water, and me. That was it. So I'm looking around. I think, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I have no idea what's going on here. This is the day before cell phones. I couldn't just pick up the phone and call somebody. I was in a bad place. So I'm looking around, and I look back at the back of this cove, and there's this old, old dude in a John boat, sitting in his boat, got a fishing rod, and he's, he's seen everything that's happened. <laughs> I'm thinking, there's my answer. So I started screaming, hey, can you help me? Can you help? Hey, probably 15 minutes, I'm going after it, trying to get this guy's attention. So after it seemed like an eternity, I hear that little John boat mutter, start up, here he comes. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, here he comes. Throwing me a rope, threw him a rope. I said, man, thank you, thank you so much for coming to help me. And he said, I got tired of hearing you call. <laughs> I didn't care at that point, I just knew I was getting out of the situation. So he slowly pulled me up to the nearest pier, which was a ways away. He explained to me about a shear pin. I found some underneath the seats, figured out how to get it going, and went on my way. My point is this. The Holy Spirit will never treat you that way. You don't have to scream and holler trying to get his attention. Can you help me? Can you help me? And then finally he says, what do you want? I'm getting tired of hearing you call. That will never happen because the Holy Spirit is within you. He is your greatest fan. He wants the best for you. He wants you to be fulfilled. He wants to pour into you and for you to find your destiny. That's who the Holy Spirit is in your life. And you don't need to scream to get his attention because he is already attentive to you. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Now I want you to think... Just like in the beginning of our discussion today, 
that when Jesus was with his disciples after he had risen from the dead and he was getting ready to go back to heaven, think if you were one of the disciples. You had maybe left your career and you'd followed him for a while. Maybe your family was at home somewhere and you're out on the road with Jesus. You've left everything to follow him and then Jesus says, I'm going away. How would you feel? Would you feel abandoned? Would you feel helpless? Would you feel hopeless? But the beauty is, Jesus told them this, John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It's for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, the counselor, the guide, your strength, will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. Now, in this new way of life that we're experiencing now because of the pandemic, it's very easy to get depressed. It's very easy to lose hope. It's very easy just to kind of give up. Seems like the pandemic is bringing everything down. It's bringing our health down. It's bringing the economy down. Seems it's bringing hope down. But the truth of the matter is the enemy wants to bring you down. And I'm not talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about the enemy of your soul. The enemy wants you to feel helpless and hopeless. He wants you to back off in your passion of being a Christ follower. Maybe dabble again into some of those habits that once controlled you that the Spirit freed you from. That's what the enemy wants to do. But we need to remember that the same power that opened up the eyes of the blind, that opened up the ears of the deaf, that, 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 that straightened the, the cripple's legs and caused him to walk. The same power that Jesus used to raise his friend Lazarus from the dead is available to you today. He is not far off somewhere. He is within you. If you're a Christ follower, he has not gone anywhere. He is here with us and within us today. Let's, uh, this Holy, uh, I'm sorry, the worship team to come forward. I want us to say this together again. The Holy Spirit is within me. The Holy Spirit is within me. Do not allow this pandemic or the things going on in this world to be a distraction to you. That's what the enemy's plan is. You need to refocus your focus. Refocus your focus. Now, like pastor, I have a Harley and I ride a motorcycle. And I've learned that wherever you focus, that bike is going to go. Wherever you focus, that bike is going to go. Refocus your focus. Tammy and I ride together and I'll see something interesting. I'm just kind of, Tammy will pop me on the head and say, focus. I think maybe the Spirit of the Lord is saying the same thing this morning. Maybe not walloping you upside the head, but trying to get your attention and say, focus. Don't allow the voices of fear and hopelessness to entangle you refocus your focus because the spirit of the Lord gives you hope 
gives you hope. Gives you hope. There is always hope with the Spirit of the Lord. I want to read you a scripture that I've had for some time and I've shared it before. I've got it in my wallet right now. I wrote it probably 25, 30 years ago and it's still in my wallet today. When I found it, I thought, man, I've never read this before. This is something new. And then people started having plaques and all pictures and all this stuff of it. Really? Anyway, this is what it says. Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I honestly believe the Spirit of the Lord today. This is a word for you, if you will receive it. And I'm reading out of the Message Bible, the same scripture, Jeremiah 11. Listen to what the Spirit is telling us today. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you and not to harm you not to abandon you plans to give you the future you hope for he is here with us today and if you're a Christ follower refocus your focus and allow him to pour into you if you're not a Christ follower and you want to become one you can grab that hope again it is available to us today let's pray Father thank you Thank you for the gift of your spirit, Lord, that no matter where we're at or what we face, there is hope. So, Lord, today as a Christ follower, Father, we refocus our focus. We choose to look to you for you to pour into us. And, Lord, for those of us that want to become a Christ follower, we recognize our need of you. And we ask you to forgive us and to come into our life and be our Lord and Savior. Let your spirit train us to know true hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Worship you. Amen. Let's stand and sing one more song.
Amen. How many of you received that powerful message today? Amen. Let's give Pastor Brian a hand of appreciation. Thank you for bringing that word today. What a reminder that it is that we have the Holy Spirit, that God wants to be a part of our lives. He's not just some distant God that's ignoring our cries for help, but he wants to be involved. He wants to comfort you. He wants to empower you. So I know we've already prayed, but one more time, I just want to close this service in a word of prayer. And if you want to receive that power of the Holy Spirit, um, maybe you've already received this baptism, this washing, this power of this Holy Spirit, but you can receive uh, an infilling of God's power every single day. I just want to encourage you to lift your hands up in a posture to receive from God. And as I pray, I just want you to say, God, whatever it is that you want to do in my life, if you want to fill me with comfort, if you want to fill me with power, if you want to give me that new direction for my life, whatever it is, and I receive that today. God, we thank you that you are so good and faithful to us, that you hear our prayers and our cries. God, that you respond to us, that you want to be in our lives, that you have a mission for us, that you want to go with us and before us. So God, right now I pray that you would direct each person here today, that you would strengthen us with the power of the Holy Spirit to be your witnesses in our workplaces, in our homes, across this nation and the world. Father God, that you would use us mightily for your kingdom, that you'd comfort those that mourn today, that you would give us a, put us on mission today, that as we go into work tomorrow, Father God, that we would go on purpose, Father God, with the mission that you place for us. Father God, that as you hear our prayers, God, that you would answer those prayers. God, that you'd have your way in each one of our lives today. We pray all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select Give. We can't wait to see you next week.